This week, we have our first official interview. Robert and I talk with April Westervelt, the organizer of the Portland-based GCP West gathering. What is GCP West? How did it start? And what makes it unique? We talk to April about these subjects and more, this week on Dungeons & Tangents. Hello, this is Eric from Dungeons and Tangents, and today we have a special guest, uh, April Westervelt. Did I pronounce that properly? Yeah, pretty okay. good. Um, as normal, we have Robert Sherman, but Ben is not with us today. Correct. Um, and Chris Rutledge could have been with us, but he decided it was more important for him to figure out where he was going to sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a hotel. That doesn't say that sounds terrible. Like yeah. If we're going to wonder what happened to Chris. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no, he's, he's fine. Okay. He just, he's okay. He's just visiting. Uh, and he was in a different hotel for the first half of the week, and now he's got to get a different hotel. So anyway, this <laughs> last weekend, uh, Chris and myself went to an event called GCP West, which was effectively a um, get-together to play D&D, or Pathfinder, to be specific. Mm -hmm. And to be more specific, to play Pathfinder with people who are fans of the Glass Cannon podcast. So a very niche market, and yet somehow uh, our guest here has pulled off making it a, a successful gathering of people who play D&D. I think it was successful. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so um, the, the event itself, it was, um, there was lots of baked goods. And there were a lot of Pathfinder Society modules being played, mm -hmm. but not necessarily like it wasn't for Pathfinder Society credit. Yeah, I don't think we had any official tables actually going. I think it's just everybody playing for fun. Um, we had so many newbies, people playing Pathfinder for the first time that we don't want to put any pressure for them to make, you know, a totally legit character that's going to fly by Paizo's rules right. for, you know, official play. So um, this is just totally supposed to be a fun event. And, and it was. And there were tin badges and uh, celebrities. Well, the minor celebrities that... For, for our little niche market, yeah, definitely <laughs> celebrities. Like the biggest celebrities you could possibly get. That I could get out here, yes. How... Uh, well, f first off, so the celebrities were Troy and yes. Skid, who uh, Troy is the DM for the Glass Cannon podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I'll go into the Glass Cannon podcast a little bit. It is a podcast that was started in June of 2015 by five guys in New York. Troy is a, he's a stand-up comedian, an actor, producer. He, exactly. he, uh, he has a massive amount of energy. Yes, he does. Ridiculous. <laughs> Just running around the room all day on Saturday, like being an entertainer. Yeah, that's what he does. Uh, and Skid is his longtime friend. I think they've been friends for nerd. just a, a couple years. I think they oh, okay. they got together just to play Pathfinder. I think that oh. they met through mutual friends. Um, oh, maybe I'm confusing him with with is Troy a longtime friend of uh, Joe O'Brien? Joe, okay, yeah. Um, but they all kind of moved to New York. I don't think anybody's actually from there. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, yeah. So you know so much more about them than I do. I guess you could categorize me as a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to 40 episodes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. That's not many. 
since they have 140. Yes. <laughs> and Rob- they just get better and better and better. Robert? Um, it depends on how you count. I have a, I have a terrible habit of, um, I have insomnia. Mm-hmm. And so I can't go to sleep if like my brain's being overact- overactive. And podcasts are one of the few things that kind of quiet that down. Okay. But then I fall asleep during that <laughs> podcast. So you listen to a quarter of all podcasts. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> that's, that's very accurate, actually. So, but for some reason, I can't, I can't fall asleep if I've listened to one I've already listened to before. So I have oh. to burn through them all as much as I can. So you've heard the first... 10 minutes I think like the of first 10 15 minutes of almost all of them yeah <laughs> well i highly recommend them um i think that they are some of the funniest um entertainers um that i've heard in a long time on a podcast and then with a really compelling story and characters so yeah they're just running well just they're running the giant killer giant slayer giant slayer yeah. that's what it is oh. they're i think they're in book four now so they've oh, been doing holy it crap. for yeah. They switched over to years. book two around uh, episode 40 when I was from where I am. Gotta catch up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I felt horribly ashamed this weekend uh, during the trivia contest because my team won last year and this year we weren't even in the top three. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a lot of trivia questions that happened this weekend that Troy and Skid couldn't answer, so don't feel too <laughs> <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. It, it seems that the, the fan base for Glass Cannon is just, like, way more rabid than most podcasts. I think we are. I think we, we even have our own name. We call ourselves the GCP Nation. Yeah. Um, I think that the fan base is really rabid because um, the Glass Cannon is really good at, at talking back to us via Twitter, via hmm, Instagram, via all sorts of different avenues. And so you feel like you have that connection with them there. Um, they give us access to them for events. Like they're at lots of cons. They're at Gen Con. They're at PAX Unplugged. Um, they do live recording sessions where they invite their fans come in. To, it's in New York, but if you're in the area, you can. I think um, Chris goes to every one of them. Chris, I think Chris has been to every one of their <laughs> events. But I think that we're rabid fans because we're we have this kind of unwritten rule of being nice to each other and helpful, mm-hmm. and they're a part of it. So I I just think it's fostered this kind of unofficial community yeah i i mean so i was introduced to glass cannon through chris hmm. he he said oh dude you're playing D now you know what you got to listen to this and at first i was like yeah yeah, yeah whatever I'll, I'll look into it later and like every time he talked to me dude have you listened to it yet have you listened to it yet have you li-? and after i don't know maybe four or five times i was like are you on this podcast? Like, <laughs> is this something like it's going to be a joke that I'm going to listen three episodes in and you're going to be part of the podcast? No, he's just that rabid about it. It's like we evangelize to everyone. Everyone I see or I go out to lunch with, business lunches, anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, if there's a lull in the conversation, I'm like, hey, have you ever played D&D? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? I got a podcast for you. So um, I just think we just firmly all believe in it and we want everybody to enjoy it. So how did you get into it then? So this is a little bit of a weird story. So when I, I like was a kid, I wanted to play D&D with the boys and they wouldn't let me because I was an awkward, weird, six foot tall girl. They didn't want anything to do with me. So they would let me draw maps though, because I had grid paper. I draw these amazing elaborate dungeons. <clears throat> so they would take the map, say, thank you. They'd go play it. And I would just what? watch from afar. So <laughs> that's, that's I never got to play. Move. And then at some point, many, many years later, I decided... 
I'm a successful businesswoman. I have my own money. I'm going to buy a Dungeons & Dragons starter set. So I bought a 5E starter set, and it came in a box. Oh, this wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't that long Holy ago. Crap. And two years ago, maybe? Um, I put it on my desk at work, and I was a little bit embarrassed. I'm like, okay, I'm already a nerd and a geek, and now everybody's going to know. This is the proof right here in the box. And so I kind of hid it, and everybody in my office walked by and picked it up and looked at it, flipped it over, read the back. And <laughs> immediately people were like, I want to play. I want to play. So I sent out an email to everybody in my company. I'm like, who wants to start a lunchtime um, D&D session? And I had 13 people immediately Holy respond, crap. I want to play. And one of my engineers turned around to me and said, you don't want to play D&D. You want to play Pathfinder. Is that John? And by the, it is John. <laughs> and by the way, here's a podcast you need to listen to. And uh, I okay. started listening to The Glass Cannon probably around episode 20. Hmm. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, obviously I went back to the first one, but when they were recording 20. So, I've been around kind of for the long haul. Um, yeah. And I've been addicted ever since. I'm in, I'm GMing one adventure path. I'm a, I'm a player in another one. We do a monthly uh, PFS, I'm oh, sorry, Pathfinder Society yep. and Starfinder Society um, at my office just with rotating characters and GMs. Um, so, it's just, it's been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. And it seems like... So then how did that become the GCP West event? So I got addicted, and um, shortly thereafter, Troy announced that they were going to do an event called GCP Live, which is their first one, and they've only done one so far, um, where they sit down in a room and they record um, a PFS session with people watching. And so I flew out. I didn't know anybody. I hadn't really been there. I hadn't been to New York City since I was like a little kid. Um, My husband, who's wonderful, just booked the tickets for me and said, go have fun with your friends you've never met. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's where I met Chris Rutledge. I met Vicky. I met. So there's this whole kind of core group of people who go to all the events. And um, we met and just fell in love with each other. So Chris has come out to Portland to my events. I've gone out to New Jersey and like had dinner with him and his fiance. So um, we're just all this tight knit group now. Well, okay. That's a crazy coincidence then that um, his headquarters are here. Yes. The headquarters for the company he works at is, is here. And, yep. um, and the GCP's out by him. By him. Like, <laughs> so we're just going coast to coast. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, so, so then somehow that became the GCP West event itself. So after that GCP live event, we all went home and it was like, we had permanent smiles on our faces. It was so rare for introverted Mm -hmm. people to get in a room with other introverted people with the same exact, like, um, just deep interests and passions and we all were very rabid obviously about playing pathfinder we all flew out to new york or were from new york and we all went home and we want we want that again hmm. so i said you know there's people in portland i want to do this and i'm like fine i threw it out on twitter i'm like we're gonna have instead of gcp live we're gonna have gcp west anybody in portland whatever um come to my office we're just gonna have a day of pathfinder and I did that in July of last year, and we had 33 people come, including Chris flew out from New Jersey. Yep. Um, I had some people fly up from uh, California. Some people drove down from BC. So it was, you know, it was a pretty big event. We were really happy, and yeah, it, it, everybody just had a really great time. 30, 33, you say? 33 people last 33. time. 
which is not bad. But not then bad. this year. So then I had immediately the next day after the event, people were emailing me. It's like, I had so much fun. I never get to play. I don't know anybody who plays. So when are we going to do this again? I'm like, well, I'll try to do it quarterly. And that didn't oh, quite yeah. happen. But um, I threw it out there about December. I'm like, we're going to do it again in February. And I immediately had almost the same 33 people sign up, a couple more. Um, and then I sent an email to Troy at the Glass Cannon Podcast. I'm like, man, you guys really need to come out here. You have some big fans. And he contacted me back. He said, yeah, me and Skid are going to come out. Oh. They announced it on the podcast. And the next day I had 100 people signed up. <laughs> I didn't realize they announced it on the podcast. They, they did. So Holy crap. By the time last weekend, um, I think including the walk-ins, we had 114 people. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty amazing. And it wasn't just Troy and Skid either. Uh, it included. I was also um, about two weeks before the event found out that the head publisher for Paizo, who um, puts out the Pathfinder um, and Starfinder publications, he came down along with their marketing manager and their lead designer. Right. So I'm blown away. Right. <laughs> so I guess. In, in my world, five celebrities came down. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know, Robert, you've played a number of Paizo games. And we we played, actually, the Pathfinder, the card game, mm. together, like, the whole first revision of that. That was, yeah, that was actually how we started kind of playing games together. Was yeah. We started doing a, a Thursday night game. And we just grab some pizza and play. I think nice. their lead designer was one of the main designers on that. Hmm. I think I don't know. We should go grab the box downstairs yeah. and find out. <laughs> we, uh, we could yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> right now. We could. Um, I love that game. So, do you have plans for next year? I already have people contacting me, and I'm already starting to look at dates. Um, <laughs> we had talked about doing it quarterly. That's obviously this is getting way too big to do that. <laughs> so, for right now, I'm going to say annually. I'm looking at February of 2019. Uh-huh. Um, there are now so many meetups that are happening for the Glass Cannon podcast. Like there's one next month in Durham, North Carolina. There's one in the beginning of April in a suburb of Chicago. So now people are starting to get this energy up to hold all these separate ones around the country. <laughs> um, and I've heard some rumbling about one in Australia and Japan as well. Jesus. <laughs> I, I only know one other kind of um, magnet for this sort of tabletop. Uh, and that's the Critical Role, right. which you may have heard of. I don't know. I've, I've heard of them. Heard of them. I have never seen it or oh, okay. heard it. Um, that's a whole other, like, I have trouble spending an hour a week doing uh, Glass Cannon. Mm-hmm. They are four hours a week. Yeah. Every week. And it's it's a little nuts. So, um, something, so, what makes it there's there's something that makes this event a little unique like we have gaming conventions and they'll set up a D table at the back of gaming conventions mm-hmm. all over the place when we went to uh rose city comic-con mm-hmm. and they have D there and i mean it's i think paizo shows up sometimes and but it's not the same like there's something significantly different it feels like when it's i don't know maybe it's because it's more relaxed i think maybe it's i try to keep it pretty relaxed um although it's kind of a creature of its own 
making. Um, but I think the part of it is it feels like everybody there is friends and family because we all have something in common and not just the game. So mm-hmm. um, we all have, we all can joke about things because we have, even if we've never met each other, we all can joke about something we've heard in the podcast or something one of the cast members has said. Um, but it just, it's really, it's got a really friendly um, kind of vivacious vibe mm-hmm. where sometimes when you go, I've been to some conventions where it seems just like a round table in the back of the room and you're playing with people you don't know and you're just there for four hours and you're gone. Yeah. Um, this just feels a lot more like a party. Yeah. Like I've done a bunch of uh, adventure league or, I mean, you could do it with pathfinders or pathfinder society as well where you show up at a like a game store or something and maybe you can go back to that game store over and over but the people change the 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 vibe changes mm-hmm. the and it's not you I don't know it, it it there's something kind of untangible intangible uh that's significantly different between going to an adventure league game sitting down with a bunch of strangers and going to that uh, GCP West and you're surrounded by people that are like oh my god it's Troy yeah. that's amazing and everybody's excited um, beyond just I'm, I'm playing a game that I like playing yeah I mean nobody wanted to go home on Saturday night <laughs> I did but I was just tired <laughs> and, and it was like three hours after we play, stopped playing maybe right. four it's like we went downstairs for food and drinks, and then yep. we found another place, and I think there might have been a third place. Uh, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> there was much fun going on. Yeah. Uh, and Troy, was he said he was supposed to leave at 7 a.m. I the next picked day. them up at their hotel to take them to the airport at 5 minutes to 5 a.m. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any sleep at all? Or? I got about an hour and a half sleep, okay. and I think they might have got even less than that. But is that thought in the back of your head? I'm going to go to bed. I'm not, not going to wake up in time to pick them up. Or? I set two alarms. Okay. <laughs> so I've I've never like I've I've tried to wrangle just enough play, people to play a game of D and D, one game of D and D. Not mm-hmm. I don't know. There were 15 tables. Uh, we had 13. 13 tables. 13 tables. Yeah. How do how does that how do you bring something like that together? It just seems like impossible. Um, I think that in a lot of cases it would be impossible, but everybody is so gung ho hmm. about coming and participating. It's um, sometimes you have some people who are a little bit nervous to GM, mm-hmm. especially when they heard that Troy was coming and Skip was coming. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I had a couple of people saying, are they going to be at my table? It's like, don't worry about it. It's the nicest guys on the planet. They're not going to intimidate you. They're not going to do anything to throw your game off. But um, everybody wanted to kind of be involved, whether it's like setting up tables and chairs or tearing down at the end of the night. Um, I, it was amazing how fast people jumped on tables. Um, so I had no problems at all. But then there's the, I mean, you got to book the venue, you got to... So that was a little bit of a problem. So we were expecting, you know, last time in July, we we just used my office. We had conference rooms, we moved tables out of the way, and it pretty much worked. It was a little yeah. funky, but it was free. I, I had about, like, an eight and a half by 11 space for my character <laughs> sheet, and that was fine. <laughs> That's all you need. You have your head. <laughs> um, 
But once they announced, and we were going to, I just moved into a, an office that's twice as big, so I'm like, this is going to be no problem. It's much oh, yeah. better. Uh, but then once um, the Glass Cannon guys announced that they were going to come out and it got to 100 people, it was like, there's no way I can fit 100 <laughs> people in my office and tables to play games. So, yeah, I had three weeks basically to find a venue on a Saturday that could hold that many people. And, and it worked out perfectly. Yeah. That venue was beautiful. Yeah, it was. Uh, I hope that... Well, I'm, I'm split. I hope more people show up next time. <laughs> but I hope that venue works out next time as well. Because that was a, a very good... It was great. It was a perfectly did, sized space. And perfectly locationed. And we didn't even... Nobody, I think, even went upstairs in the mezzanine. So there's even oh, more right. space, there was more space upstairs. So we probably could fit another six, I mean, eight tables. People went up to the balcony to like look to take down. pictures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did you have people like volunteering to run tables, or did you have to ask people to run tables? Um, probably out of the thirteen tables, I probably had eight GMs immediately step mm. up and say, "I'll run it." Um, and then I had to coax some people. We like we had Chris. a lot of people who are... And Chris was amazing. He just stepped up. And when I said, dude, I need to give you seven players, he said, no problem. I got this. Um, but we have so many people who are playing Pathfinder the first time. You know, they're experienced D&D GMs. But, you know, I had to tell them that we will not... Nobody's going to judge you. People are going to be there to help you with the rules. Don't worry about it. We just need somebody willing to kill some PCs. <laughs> right. Excellent. <laughs> Which there, was, there was a lot of player death. There was, some pa- there was death. one whole entire table that got killed at once. So. Uh, I think there was more than one. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I clearly play D&D differently than other people. I don't like to kill my players. <laughs> I myself, I'm all about the, the backstories and the role playing. So that's why I like the longer adventure paths yeah. as opposed to like the four or five hour games. Right. That's the four or five hour game. If, if everyone dies, it's cool. Right. Nobody's you're, you're not absolutely in love with your character that you've no. been with for two years. Um, which is when we went into <laughs> the the like one shot game with you and Ben and Michelle. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure all of you are like, eh, if my character dies, whatever. I was looking forward to it. Right. Like, <laughs> just uh, I'm going to play this to the hilt and my death will be glorious and it's going to be <laughs> great. It's going to be a fun time. And then we had, you know, the one shot turned into two and three sessions. I was like, okay, well, it's, it's time to kill off my character now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Instead, we just wrote him out. We wrote him out. No. We, we plotted, like, for, to advance the story, we plotted character death before. Like, yeah. Um, it's like, okay, my character just can't hang anymore. Out of the way. <laughs> it's got to go. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, but there's that, that, that kind of dynamic difference, which makes uh, an event like that even more fun because you're, you just go balls to the wall, don't care if everything falls apart. Well, and you can create a character that you normally would not want to play. You can right. pick something super crazy or funky. Or yes. Yeah, that's what your your, your character was. Well, describe Addison. He's like, uh, I tried him to be the, the dad from Growing Pains. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like this really like uh, understanding, kind of soft-spoken kind of dad character who just tries to you know, mitigate conflict and all of that. And <laughs> the idea being that it, my character would play off all the other characters mm-hmm. and not thinking that the other characters would be run by two other introverts. And so nobody was playing off of anybody. And so my character was horrible. <laughs> Complete failure. Um, fun to play, but it just didn't help the story at all. Right. Ended up being a lot of, well, I don't know what you want to do. Oh, well, everything's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I can see where that'd be a problem. <laughs> um, so I have one other topic, uh, and that is gender equity in tabletops. Mm-hmm. It's a gigantic topic that I'm not sure we can, I mean, we can't cover it all, but it seemed obvious to me that there were more women mm-hmm. at that event than almost any D&D style event I've seen before. I have to say that as as a woman D&D player or Pathfinder player, I've never actually played D&D. Oh. Um, <laughs> I kind of kept track of the attendee list just out of pure curiosity. And we had 25% of our attendees were women, which I think is probably crazy insane high for those types of events. And And I don't know if it's because the Glass Cannon podcast has such a compelling story to it mm. that kind of draws in everybody's interested. It's, it's goes beyond just throwing dice in combat. There's, I mean, it's all sorts of, of depth and flavor to it that I think, um, kind of takes out the whole, it's a masculine type right. game. Um, so I think that's, I think the, the glass kind of guys bring in a more balanced, um, kind of diverse audience. And that's, uh, I, you don't have experience with Critical Role, but they do a lot of the same. Mm. And their audience seems to be almost 50-50. Really? Um, well, the, the players in the game are, how many women do they have? They have at least three women. Uh, maybe, I think it's three. Three women out of seven players. So not quite 50-50 in the player. Um, but it's enough that, like... It's paving the way. Good. Like, I, I love seeing more equity because what was, we, we had a discussion about this a long time ago, and it boiled down to, we just want to play more D&D. So if there are more people playing D&D, right. great. Well, the biggest deficit of people playing D&D is women. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, like, my group that I play with that I'm a GM for, it's the Oregon Pathfinder Oregon Ladies or Ladies of Pathfinder of Oregon. And <laughs> it was supposed to be all women, but we have one honorary um, husband. Oh. And we have one honorary man in, in Sydney, Australia. But um, <laughs> So it's kind of funny. We all put together the GCP Live or uh, West event. And so all the all the volunteers were ladies right. and, and it was just nice to see all that and see um, the tables that are just not all guys. I've been to cons that, you know, walking across the room, it's like, I feel weird being here right. because, um, you know, I don't know any of these, these guys and, and it's just kind of awkward. So, I mean, I, it just made me smile to, to look across the kind of the venue on Saturday and see, you know, each table had at least, um, one woman sitting at it, and I, I love to see that. Yeah, including GMs, which is great. And f- for you, having effectively been shunned early yeah. on, and then found a place, and then made a place for others. Yep, that's. Uh, I think that's beautiful. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm I am I don't want to turn anybody away from playing this game, and I don't I don't care if they're ten years old if they want to play it. I'll right. play with them. If they're ninety, if they're a woman, man, I don't care. I just want everybody to enjoy it and have a good time. I'm of the opinion that one of the very best parts of D&D are the maps. So I'm curious, do you still draw maps for your games? <laughs> so anybody who works with me knows when I get nervous around a conference call, I draw cubes 
on a piece of paper, and they'll take my pen away from me, honestly. <laughs> and um, that all comes from I love to draw maps. I still love to do it. So one of my dreams is someday I want to run a homebrew, and oh. I want to do all the maps and the stat blocks and everything, but that takes a lot of commitment. Uh, yeah, it does. I do mostly homebrew 5th uh, edition, and it's like... I I sit at home... When I have spare time, I sit at home drawing maps. Nice. Pretty much. <laughs> I get these text messages at like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> it's a picture of a map. It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no context, nothing, just a map. Yeah. Go to sleep, Eric. What is, okay. Where's, where's, my, where's my latest map? I'm looking at my phone. Yeah, there we go. There's, there's one of my latest maps. Ah, come on, go to landscape. Oh, wow. <laughs> I will verify he does indeed have pictures of homegrown maps. <laughs> That's awesome. And it, wasn't, it didn't take me, like, forever to find that. It's, Mine were not that fancy weeks. in grade school. Mine were the old-fashioned grid paper yeah. with the shaded out, you can't go there spots. That, that, was, that was mine in grade school. And now I do a more organic, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't treat things like they need to be on the grid. Um, but we could talk about maps for like an hour. We have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, seems like this is a good place to stop, unless you have, you have topics that you want to cover that we haven't. No, I just think that everybody should go right now, take your phone, and download the first episode of the Glass Cannon Podcast. I guarantee you'll love it. And so does Chris Rutledge. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're both cheerleaders. All right. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Our next subject is still up in the air. Feel free to contact us with suggestions on Twitter at Dungeon underscore Tangent. You can find April on Twitter at April underscore PDX. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider rating us on iTunes. It's the best way to help us get exposure to more listeners. It also encourages us to continue producing Dungeons & Tangents and get better. So please, log into the iTunes podcast section and give us a review. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us.